Hello, everyone, and welcome to To Death. Hello, this is Kevin. <laughs> this is Ashley, and this is the podcast about couples who commit crime. We're married, by the way. <laughs> yes. So, we kind of came up with this podcast because we were talking about when we discuss crime. I'm very into crime. Um, I don't commit crime, but I'm very into it. I research it to death, like down to every, like the Idaho murders that are happening right now. I have probably read and watched every TikTok video about that case. I don't know anything about any of these. I'm usually busy working on my projects, which are have nothing to do with murder. But it's interesting because when I tell him the stories that I'm interested in at the time, he has very thoughtful questions uh, and brings a little bit of a different perspective. That is debatable. So, we thought maybe people would be interested in hearing that. Remember, this is not a podcast that is about facts or investigative journalists. This is just two people telling stories. So, if you're interested in that, keep listening. If well, you... it's about facts. We're, we're trying to... Look, I try <laughs> so much. It's not like we're making but things But I'm not making anything up, but I am obviously just found this stuff on the internet. If you want super factual um, coverage, please go see Phoebe Judge um, in Criminal or Dateline. But if that's not what you're into and you're into just two people telling stories, stick around. All right, so I thought a lot about this first case that I was gonna do, cause it was just couples and crime, which is a lot. So. All right, so what's, what's the first case? Okay, tell me if you've heard about it, okay? I guarantee you I haven't. The kidnapping of J.C. Lee Duggard. Duggard. So it could be Dugard, but I think not it's the, Duggard. Not the family with the kids. Not Duggar. Okay, no, gotcha. no. Believe not that's Duggar. for another podcast if you want to get oh, into really? that. Is there a thing? Do they I'm, have a thing? Oh. They have like a murder thing? Not a murder thing. Oh, okay. Maybe worse than murder? I don't know. <laughs> oh, I guess it's okay. very subjective. <laughs> yeah, I know. Think, but it's pretty we'll, terrible. We'll talk about what's worse than murder later. <laughs> it's pretty terrible. Yeah. Like, their oldest son, Josh, is really a piece of shit. Is pretty much what it comes down to. Yeah. And... They didn't do anything to uh, dissuade that from I'm, happening. I'm so. just going to take your word for it that this guy's a piece of shit. <laughs> we'll, we'll get there, I guess. So, um, have you ever heard of that, the disappearance of J.C. Lee Dengard? No, I don't think so. Okay. So, um, first of all, I got all of the information I'm about to share from the one and only Wikipedia. I threw them $5 their way. Really? Because they you deserve actually, it. <laughs> you actually gave them money? Yes. I think I did They a really long time need ago. it and they deserve it. When they had the little bar at top when they're trying to reach the well, goal. Well, that's what they okay. did to me. Yeah. They talked they me into it. it because. The bar's always so close and you feel like you can help them. I got some information from them, so I just gave them some money because. Good for you. I read them all the time. Good for you. Um, I also got my information from a website called criminalminds.fandom.com. Criminal Minds. Isn't that a movie? Um, yeah, it's a TV show. Oh, it oh, was a movie, too. Maybe I think I'm thinking of a TV show. Anyways, sorry. Anyways, we don't know what we're talking about on that. But um, And then a website called standardnews.com. And then I also watched a really fascinating Barbara Walter interview um, with J.C. Lee Dugard. 
Duggard. I don't. I need to be consistent. How I'm saying. Her yeah, name. you got you to pick one. I think it's. I'm. I'm gonna go with Duggard. Just, just pick one. I'm gonna go with Duggard. So Barbara Walters did a interview that was really great with her. Um, which spoiler? I guess that means you know that she survives and is alive today. So. Anyway. <laughs> Are you ready? I'm. I'm down. Let's go. Okay. So um, this. Oh. Kidnapping takes place in 1991, um, so quite a while back. So 11-year-old J.C. Uh, um, Duggard was walking to her school bus. This was June 10th, which I'm kind of like, why was she in school on June 10th? But whatever. I guess some schools do go far into June. This took place sure. in... Sure, yeah. When I, when I was in school up in Michigan, we went um, pretty late. June 12th, I think, was one time. June 10th, 12th, usually like 8th. Oh, see. Especially back then. I think they made it. I think they, they changed it like when it got later to like May. But no, June, June happened. We were in school in June for sure. I always got to school in May. I cannot even imagine. Well, we started in, in September. Oh, we always started in August. So yeah. whatever. But, but they changed it. That was a long time ago. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. Um, so we have an 11-year-old girl, right? 11-year-old. JC. And she's walking to school. She's walking to school. So her family had just moved to Myers, California that year. Um, her family had moved there. Um, her family, let me tell you, was her mother, um, her stepfather, which in interviews I read and in some um, research, her and her stepdad were not very close. And actually her biological dad did not even know he had a child. Oh. So, um, okay. and once he found out, I think he kind of wanted nothing to do with her, which is, which sucks. Um, so she also had a little half sister that was a baby when this happened. Mm -hmm. Um, so she was walking to school to the bus stop and her, um, stepdad, Carl Proben, um, was actually out in their front lawn as well. Um. Kind of, you know, not there to just watch her, but was like working in the yard. Um, he saw this take place. So JC was walking toward the bus stop. A car came and basically cut her off and grabbed her and pulled her in the car. Okay. My first thought immediately is that this can't be random. Okay. I mean, for sure. They obviously were I mean, watching. Because that's like, that's like. Those are the horror stories that they like, the, the fright scaries, like the fright scare stories they play in the news, like, you know, where you, you know where your children are and stuff like, which is, of course, you need to pay attention to that. But I feel like most of those aren't just like random people picking up kids left and right. Like we live in some kind of like Mad Max nightmare scare. I'm sure that happens and that's terrifying, but I'm, I'm, something tells me most most of those are um, probably planned by well, people well, who may, may, maybe don't know the kid or like family, but at least have been like, watching the kid for a while or something you know what i mean so anyways i'm sorry no no <laughs> please this is what we're yeah. here for so i recently yeah. heard a statistic only um about 15 percent of and this is this pertains specifically to murder only 15 percent of murder cases happen mm -hmm. by complete strangers right. so you're oh, most likely to be killed by someone you, you know, know what I'm, i might not be just making this up because this is you you threw out that statistic and of course my natural reaction as a husband is to go no you're wrong but I was, yeah, about the murder thing. I'm sure that's right. I don't know about that. But um, what, what I was thinking is it was the 1% um, is strangers, uh, are, are, the, are the strangers because of that FedEx um, murder, yeah. kidnapping oh, thing. Yeah. That, so I remember reading about that. 
I forget, I don't. You might know the the girl who was, she was killed by the by FedEx. A, or, yeah. A contract. He, he was contracted by FedEx, I believe. Right. Or UPS. I can't remember which. I'm thinking. I'm, it was I'm pretty FedEx. sure it was FedEx. I just remember that in my head. Like, oh, that company's going to get a lot of bad rap for that. Yeah. And um, it. I remember reading an article and it said that only one percent of kidnappings are done by strangers, and it's almost like ninety nine percent of kidnappings are done by relatives. That sounds. I mean, like when you get the don't Amber again. Alerts. This is where we're saying like the whole fact yeah. thing. We're trying to be accurate, but this is we are not experts. So please fact check check us because we are not trying to say that we are one hundred percent correct. But anyways, I'm also I'm almost positive it's ninety nine percent of kidnappings are done by uh, at least people the kids know. I mean that really makes sense. Every time I see the Amber Alerts, I always assume oh it's probably by someone they know, and it usually is. But in this case. Bunch of Let's keep watching yeah. or listening. Not watching. You're not watching. Either. You gotta get the little bill crime helmets, <laughs> the little the child alert helmets they had in South Park. Like when they started being paranoid of everyone abducting their child, so they have the little radars, so everyone has their little tracker devices. Actually, we have I that mean, now we, with like we our have that on our kids. That's so true. Like, we have it now with the Apple that. tags or whatever. Yeah. All right. One day we're gonna start putting like <laughs> subdermal chips in our kid. You know, I wouldn't be totally against that. I'm not gonna lie. I think that's a whole conversation. That's for another podcast. <laughs> yeah. um, so, um, in an interview, she, um, from her perspective, J.C. Lee talks about, I just called her J.C. Lee. I don't know if she wants to be called that. I'll just call her J.C. Um, J.C. talks about that when, before this happened, when she was walking to school, all she was thinking about was a field trip that was, she was about to have. Like, it was the last summer field trip. She was going to go swimming. She was going to ask her mom if she could shave her legs for the first time. It was like, that was all that was on her mind while she was walking to that bus stop. She says that from her perspective, what happened was she heard a car pull up next to her and the window rolled down. She assumed that someone was going to ask her for directions. And when she started to look at whoever it was rolling down the window, all she felt was something that hurt and she passed out and woke up in the back of a car. What they finally realized what happened was they tased her. So once she was tased, she passed out, woke up in the back of the car. All right, so so she thought somebody was just pulling up to ask her for direction. Yes. She's 11 years old. This She's person 11 years comes old. out and tases her and pulls her pulls in her car. Her in. She has no um, opportunity to really scream, to fight, to do anything. Just so all the people who are listening to this who are probably two, who are mad about my 1%, it's 25% of kids are by strangers. That's crazy. I swear I just read in that FedEx article because they were trying to calm everyone down. They're saying, hey, everyone, don't worry. Maybe that was maybe that's what, that was the FedEx PR team. Like, it may have been. Like, y'all, it's not, it's not, it's usually not straight up. Don't worry about it, guys. Don't worry about the FedEx man. Right. Like, we're... So, I don't know. But okay, so apparently a, a quarter, that's, that's kind of scary. That's... Super I was scary. more comfortable with it being people that you know know for some reason. Now you wonder why I'm so paranoid about letting the kids go anywhere without me being able to see them at all times. I believe me, I get you on that. 100%. I am terrified all of the time so. because of stuff like this. All right, so, so girls tased get pulled yeah. in the car. So JC's stepfather actually witnessed this whole thing. He From, like, saw it happen. Away. So I don't know. I couldn't find how far like, away. Was he like? way down the street like or like was it right i i don't know Hmm. i really don't know all it says is he got on his bike bicycle that was out in the front and tried to chase them down okay this is this is 1991 so he's 
you can't just pull out a cell phone. 1990. No, no, no cell phones back then. Well, not BG ones. That I'm gonna not, say not one you're having on your on your bike. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna assume he probably didn't have one because not many people owned cell phones back then. Right, unless you were super rich. Unless you're super rich. Super and important. These people were not super rich. They were probably easily middle class. Um. Driving your dope BMW. And actually, because he is the one who witnessed this kidnapping, actually the police thought he was the one who kidnapped her at first. That okay. he was making this all up and he may have murdered her. But luckily for him, that was dispelled because JC's bus was coming right down the street and actually several of her friends saw the kidnapping take place. So good for him because he probably would have been the number one suspect. Great, because that actually answers my question about that is how do we know that he's even telling the truth about the whole bike thing? So there were several witnesses is okay, what happened. So he's got the bus driver and several of her friends on the bus. Some alibis. Saw. Yes, and they all saw what happened so they were able to give a pretty um, a pretty accurate like description to the police of what actually took place that day. <laughs> Which is good because then they were actually looking for her instead of looking at the stepdad. So that's pretty. That was pretty fortunate. That is fortunate. So now let's um. Let's that's take crazy it. though. It, it's nuts. To like see I your even your, your kid, stepkid or whatever, just get pulled into a car and just dr drive away. And drive away, and you try to chase them, and you know I don't believe he got the um, license plate of the car because everything was happening so fast. Sure, of course. I can't imagine trying to like memorize what do you information. Do? That's nuts. That's I have nuts. no idea. I don't. I mean, obviously, you have to like go back home and pull up your phone off your wall and dial in nine one one and mm -hmm. report it as fast as you can. But by that time, this person's miles Long gone. away, and yeah. you didn't even get a description of the people. All you know is it's just terrible. So we're gonna break a little bit in this story and talk about okay. two other people that are gonna come into play in this story. These real piece of work's name is Philip Garrido. He was born in 1951 in Pittsburgh, California. Didn't know there was a Pittsburgh, California, but there is. Oh, there's everything, everything. He actually grew up in Brentwood. Um, there's a Paris, Texas. If there's there a Paris, a Texas, Paris, Texas, there's a, everything. Because why would Texas want a Paris in it? They would, that's the last city that Texas would want is a Paris. And if that exists, then ev there's an everything, everything. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry, I digress. <laughs> So this Garrido guy, he was pretty ridiculous. Um, he Garrido. 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 Yes. So from California. So he was um, what they call back then as a um, druggie. He okay. was addicted to crystal meth and LSD. Sure. He was doing crimes all over the place. Um, so in 1972 was his first um, big thing that he was arrested and charged for. He sexually assaulted a 14-year-old girl. That's not good. Um, the case actually didn't go to trial because the 14-year-old decided she did not want to testify, which sucks because I can un totally understand her. Um, so can't that being a minor, the parents be like, no, we're testifying on your behalf because you're our responsibility like, so is that not a thing possibly this was also the 70s and as another podcast i listened to says fuck the 70s <laughs> a lot of shit was not great I, in the I, criminal justice system that just doesn't 70s. sound right to me like 
but parents are also like, man, it's all good. Yeah, so this is all the information we have on that crime. I'm not saying that that's what the parents said. I'm just wondering what the hell happened there. Yeah, I didn't really go too far into that just to paint a picture of what a piece of shit he was is what I'm trying to do. Yeah, yeah. So in 1973, Greedo married his um, high school sweetheart, Christine Murphy, and he was, again, an abusive asshole to her. Um, he actually, um, Murphy, the ex-wife, which, spoiler alert, they got divorced because he was an abusive asshole. Mm-hmm. Um, Greedo, uh, Murphy said later that Greedo actually kidnapped her when she tried to leave him and wouldn't let her go. So, terrible. Yeah. <laughs> In 1976, so this is only like 1972, 1976, not that long. Greedo actually kidnapped a 25-year-old in South Lake Tahoe, California. He actually took her all the way to Reno, Nevada to a warehouse where he sexually assaulted her for five and a half hours. Jesus Christ. When um, a police officer noticed a car parked outside of that warehouse, um, he broke in and was able to save this girl. Who knows what would have happened to her? And he arrested Greedo on the spot. So how freaking lucky was that, right? right? So, I mean, this was like a slam dunk case. I mean, talk about like, there's always like, um, oh my God, I forgot the word (laughs) I'm looking for. Like The smoking gun? Yeah, like there's always like circumstantial evidence always that this was like direct evidence. Like this cop saw this happening and arrested him on the spot, saved this girl. Awesome. Yeah. Well, as everything in true crime, nothing goes the way it's supposed to go. Sure. So he actually did go to court. Um, a psychiatrist that evaluated him in this case said he was a sexual deviant and a chronic drug abuser. Um, the psychiatrist recommended that um, he undergo extensive neurological examination. Um, yeah, he was a piece of shit. So he was convicted of that crime in March of 1977 and began serving a 50-year federal sentence, right? So, like, this should have ended here. Sure. This guy should have been in there for 50 years, got out when he was an old-ass man, or died in prison. Because we all know people in prison hate people who sexual assault people. I've seen it in the movies. I, I guess I guess it's real. Well... That is not how that works. I've also out. seen, heard about prison life eating gruel. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's real. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I've only I watched Orange is the I've New Black and Wentworth, prison. so those yeah. are my, um, those are my references. They haven't got me yet. So basically, um, he actually got let out of prison early for mm-hmm. good behavior. Like how long was he in? So it says that he was out by 1981. Okay. So, so he like less than five years. Less than five years. This guy had a 50-year sentence for aggravated kidnapping and sexual assault and was let out early. Because this happened in like you said 76, 77 or something like that. It's it did got, like was... late 70s, early 80s. Okay. It was when he was convicted. Yikes. So sucky. Well, while he was in prison, let's talk about another awesome person. I'm totally being sarcastic. <laughs> um, but he met someone named Nancy Drew. Oh, not Nancy Drew. Don't do that to her. 
Nancy Bokingra. I am totally butchering her name, but Bosingra? I don't know. I don't know. So he met this woman while he was it, in prison. It looks like Boko Negra. Boko Negra. I don't know. We're going to call her Nancy. We don't okay. care about her last name. She's a piece of shit, too. So we don't care. So while he was in prison, he met Nancy. Nancy was there visiting another prisoner who happened to be her uncle. Excellent. They met, fell in love. It was meant to be couple. So they were like just in the common like meeting area and like met each other. Just sitting next to each other and Yep. So they actually ended up getting married. Um I find that situation itself. Can we talk about that situation just for a second? <laughs> like you're in a prison. Like you're there meeting your uncle and like for whatever, you know, and then you just meet some dude that's in prison and you fall in love with him. Like why would you do that? So I would like to say that that surprises me, but being the true crime aficionado I am, I know that. Like, where's the future? I know that? that Scott Peterson. Like, isn't that like the the, the like the whole goal often is like finding a, finding a future in somebody and like. So some women seem to have this thing where they can save people, they can make people better. Oh no! When Scott Peterson, the guy who killed his. Um, you wife and you can't change anybody infant son he's gotten apparently when he got convicted of killing his wife and infant son, not infant son unborn son oh, what? he got so many letters from women trying to date him and what him. like it's not this is insane it's a good total crazy don't date phenomenon. murderers please don't but people will because people are crazy I mean, just like a self-defense thing and a court trial goes wrong and like, I mean, maybe there's a gray area there. But in general, I'm going to say the rule should be don't date murderers. You would think, one would think that that would be really easy not to do, but... But you know what? I guess you do you, right? I can't, I, help, you can't, know, help, can't help people what to do. Uh, so they got married actually while he was in prison. Um... 1981. So, oh, he actually got released in 1988. My bad. I said 1981. Oh. He got released in 88. He got married in 81. Okay. So, he was, um, he was transferred to a parole system in Con Contra Costa County in August 26th of 1988. So, he's out on parole. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm so sorry I keep saying, um, I just realized how much I do that. So, I will not. Well, there's there's anymore. two things you're not supposed to do. I believe you're not supposed to say um, and then you're also not supposed to apologize for. Well, I just and like draw attention both to. Of those. Yeah, it's okay. Look, it's it's our first. Uh, it's our my first time. First run, so you're allowed to make all the mistakes you want, but don't don't do this again. Okay, okay. I will try just, not just, to. Just joke. So as a parolee, right, he was monitored by a GPS tracker on his ankle. Okay. He got visited by parole officers quite often. He got drug tested randomly. All the stuff you do when you're on parole. Sure. So, you know it's not good because these two have already been introduced in our kidnapping story. Yeah. So, one can only put two and two together. These assholes kidnapped J.C. Duggar. So, we know that for a fact. We know that for okay. a fact. That, that's, that's something you can say. That is factual. They have been convicted of right. it. JC has told her story to Barbara Walters and written her own book about it. Didn't she just die? Barbara Walters. Didn't she like oh, just no, die? That was not. Uh, was that Barbara Walters? I, I think it was. You know what? You're right. It was Barbara Walters. But Who are you thinking of? 
So I'm thinking of Diane Sawyer. Uh, I've been saying Barbara Walters this whole time. JC did a um, interview with um, Diane Sawyer. I'm Not so sorry. Diane, Sawyer, Diane Sawyer is very much alive. Please don't start that rumor. No, Diane Sawyer is um, fine, I think. It's Barbara she's Walters. Fine. Barbara Walters died. Yeah. Yes, you're right. And I don't even know news people. Look, these, this is confusing. I think I know Barbara Walters from like a Saturday Night Live sketch. Like, did the, the Barbara Wah 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 or something? <laughs> I, what is that from? I don't even remember. I don't know what you were talking about. You don't? That. Okay. No. <laughs> Some people might. It's, anyways. So Diane Sawyer is the one who was doing these interviews. Yeah, that okay. did the interview with JC. Okay. Yes. Not Barbara Walters. No. Rest in that peace. was not her. Rest in peace. Yes, you were awesome, but no, that was not her. I don't know. I saw a Reddit article said maybe she's not awesome. I'm just. I, I have no idea. I'm sure everyone has some stupid thing that they've done or whatever. I don't even don't even know what it was. Didn't even look into it. So Greedo, um, we're gonna call them Nancy and um, oh, what's that piece of shit's name? Philip. Nancy and Philip are the assholes that kidnapped okay. her. So Philip Garrido uh -huh. okay. and, and Nancy Grace. And no, not Nancy Grace. Don't do that. She will come at us. Who's she, who is Nancy? Grace? She's a lawyer that's on TV and yells a lot. Oh really? Yeah. She oh, gets really pissed why? About I thought she, that was like the lead singer of Heart. I don't know what heart is. is but the band, Barracuda. Oh. Or is that... I mean, maybe. Is Nancy Grace is really a lawyer? And like yeah. A <laughs> that's funny. She's like on CNN or Fox or something. Maybe that. Maybe I've heard you say that name and I just kind of blended that. And she Who's the lead singer of heart? Or not the lead, but like one of the sisters. I need to know now. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. Well, Philip and Nancy had kidnapped JC that day and took her back to... Anatot, California, which was two hours away from where she was abducted. Nancy Wilson. Okay, Nancy Wilson. The um, case has been solved. Nancy Wilson, not Nancy Grace. Nancy Grace is a lawyer that yells a lot on TV. And Nancy Wilson abducted JC. No. No, she's Her from name Heart. is Nancy, and she has that really hard last name that I'm not even going to pronounce. Oh, I was like Boco Negro. Yeah, she's such a piece of shit, I'm just going to leave off her last name. We're just going to call her Nancy. Nancy and Philip, they take... I think that means, like, pretty black. Ooh, I, I'm, I think. That sounds right. Yeah. But... I'm, I don't speak Spanish very well, but I, I think that's what that we're means. We're not even going to... You know what? She doesn't deserve for us to look at her last name. Well, maybe she has, like, family that have the name that are terrible. Well, she tainted their name. Did, oh, no. She it's that bad. Huh? It's that bad. Okay. So... Picture this, you're in JC's spot, right? Mm -hmm. You just got kidnapped, forced into a car with these people. You have no idea who they are. Yeah, that's terrifying. You are taken back to these people's house and they have in their backyard a whole like tent system that's set up with a little hut that is soundproof. What in That the they put world? you in and chain you up in. So they're doing this. They are doing this. They've been doing this to people. And they have actually... That is scary. That's this kind of thing you see in like horror movies. It is. And they had actually picked her out specifically. Knew it. They had been watching her. Knew it. Um, Nancy, piece of shit Nancy, had decided to help her amazing husband, obviously I'm being facetious. She had decided to do this for Philip to um, give him a little present. Because he had been wanting to abduct, abduct a small girl. 
So yes, I told you she was a piece of shit. She's a piece of shit. Damn. So it's they. Okay. <laughs> All right. So this isn't somebody who's trying to save somebody. This is somebody who is looking for a partner in crime. Yes. Yeah. And they are. They were people that were pretty terrible apart, and then they came together and made each other that much more terrible. Right. Right. Like a, a, feed, a negative feedback mm-hmm. loop. Yes. So. She was held captive in that soundproof little tent thing. That's so sad. It was, it's uh, terrible. Imagine like you're, I mean, if you have your own kids, imagine that being them. How awful that would be. That's brutal. Like, there's no words. I mean, it's Jesus Christ. super terrible. Or even if you don't have kids, like somebody you love or something being put in that position. I mean, yourself is one thing. Like, worrying about yourself in, in that situation, for sure, that would suck too. But imagine if it was like somebody that like you, you care for. I can't even imagine it, and that's why I'm scared like all the time. Like, even if you're, you don't even have another human being, what if it's your like beloved cat? That would suck too. I mean, Jesus Christ, these people are monsters. Ugh, horrible monsters. That's why I was telling you I don't really care about her last name because she's a piece of shit. We're just gonna call her Nancy. So Philip actually told JC that she recounted later that he did this because demon angels urged him to do it. Naturally. Which I think is bullshit. I don't <laughs> you think, think anything that's ridiculous. Like Okay. I'm gonna think that that's probably also not true. So JC going out on a limb there. Yeah, exactly. So JC was actually forced to rely on um Garrido Philip for food, water, and access to a bucket to use the bathroom in. She only had a bucket to use the bathroom in. It, that's terrible. So, although she was scared and didn't know what to do, all she knew is that, that that man was the only person she had to rely on to stay alive. So, we're building like a, what's that called? A, so, what's that actually, a Stockholm like, Syndrome. Stockholm Syndrome. So, okay. actually, they ended up doing an evaluation on her later on and said she actually didn't have Stockholm Syndrome. She just knew what she needed to do. She, it was a survival yeah. mechanism. That was how she survived. And um, her book, which is, um, I haven't read the whole book. I actually plan on it. It's called A Stolen Life. She wrote it about her, everything that happened to her. It, I read some excerpts from it, and she literally said that she kind of went into autopilot and just wanted to stay alive. And she was seeking, they, he, um... So I'm, I'm glad in. that you spoiled the ending because I'm glad that like she's still alive. So I don't have to worry about that. But that would have made this a whole different journey if I didn't know what happened to her. Yeah, I spoiled that early. Yeah. I will think about that in the future. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> on the other hand, I'm glad that you did because I didn't want to have to. I don't. I, I don't know if I could take that right now. I know. So she basically said that he kept her so alone and lonely by herself in that building. Mm-hmm. That she craved human interaction, so that he would come. This is in, making me sad. We shouldn't do kids. Food. Kids are sad. I know, it is. Yeah. It's really sad. Yeah, that's a bummer. Has, I didn't say it was a lovely story. Yeah, it was. A, it's a terrible story. She says in her book, um, or actually in her interview with Diane Sawyer, she says, "After a while, I told myself that I couldn't cry anymore." And so she stopped. Can we do stories about murderers who are like also like dog abusers? So like we can just feel good <laughs> about all of the things. We'll do some like, we'll do some like um, fun like um, not murder. Can but we do like, some um, funny murders? 
Like, there's no fun murders, <laughs> unfortunately. Bummer. We'll do some other stuff besides murder, I promise. And okay. not a lot of kids. We're going to try Bad. not to do oh, kids. Kids make it sad. This is this is nuts. So basically Starting what happened... Starting on a sad um, note. I know. So basically what happened is... At least she lived. Her, he keeps her hidden That's in there. Good. He has her handcuffed and... I'm so sorry this is about to get so much worse. He starts sexually assaulting her almost every day. Oh, God. Um, It's basically all the time. This is awful. He... This is why I don't do true crime. He's basically... Yeah, it's What is wrong with you people? He's basically, like, just sexually assaulting her. He brings her snacks and food and the bucket to go to the bathroom in. But other than that, he starts coming and telling her stories... Um, trying to act like um, he's her friend, which she says, you know, that she was so lonely that a lot of times she would talk to him because that was, it was basically she was surviving and she was doing it the only way she knew how. He would taunt her by giving her kittens and she would get attached to those kittens and they would get um, older and he would take them away and never bring them. He was a, he was so terrible to her. She says that she had a journal that she just started writing in about what was happening to her every day, and she would sign it JC. I'm, I'm a little surprised how a journal was kept in this situation. He allowed her to have it. What? To write in. Um, and she says that he found it one day, and he was not so much mad that she was writing a journal, but he saw her write her name JC. And told her, that is not you anymore. You are not this person. If I ever see you write JC, I'm, you know, terrible things are going to happen to you. I'm going to go kill your family. You are not JC. So basically she had her name taken away from her. And the name that um, she picked for him to call her was Alyssa. She said at the time she found that because she was a fan of Alyssa Milano. And that was the name she chose. So, terrible. This is horrifying. It's so bad. You can't play Resident Evil games, but you, like, <laughs> listen to this stuff, and Jesus Christ. It's a, I, that it is a form fake. of collect, collecting information it's, They're me. fake zombie monsters. I need to know monsters. all the things about these bad things. These are real monsters that are horrifying and actually could, like, be outside your <clears throat> house or whatever. Yes. Good God. Which is why I have anxiety. I'll stick to video games. Welcome to my life and my anxiety. Basically, she lived there um, for about 34 months before the Greedos started letting her free. And our dog just came to say hi. He knew we were distressed. I am. This is (laughs) awful. So after 34 months, they started trusting her enough to let her out of her handcuffs and actually come into the house. Okay. Okay. No, you cannot be in my lap. I'm so sorry, sir. Can you come in my lap? I need some money right now. So at this point, she was kind of living like a part of the family. She would still go out in the tent to be there, you know, at night. And for most of the time, if they were out somewhere, she says that Philip Greedo would come over some nights and have drug-filled binges full of methamphetamines where he would sexually assault her and then afterwards cry and then apologize to her. It was very confusing for her because, think about it, she was, you know, at this point, maybe like a little over 12, maybe 13. 
when this was taking place, so I can't even imagine how confusing that was. Um, well, this is about to get worse, so buckle up. On August 8th, 1994, she had noticed that they were kind of forcing more food on her. And actually They're not going to try to eat her. About her well-being. They're trying to fan her up no, and eat her? No, 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 no. That's the only way this gets worse. On August 8th, or not on August 8th, but um, in 1994, she was informed by them that they knew she was pregnant. Oh, my God. And they were trying to take care of her to ensure that she had a healthy baby. On August 8th, 1994, JC was forced to, get, forced to give birth in the shed where she was held captive. She went through 12 hours of labor alone before the Greedos gave her some coating that they had to try to help her pain. And then Philip Greedo birthed the baby, unwrapped the umbilical cord, um, and actually saved the baby's life by doing that because he had read how to deliver babies. He had studied this and he was ready to go. So she delivered this baby on August 8th, 94. She says that... Um, this is like what happened in True Detective. Not really exactly that, but like that level of nightmare. Yeah, it's terrible. Like the first season, not the other stupid one. Not the stupid one, the good one. The only one that counts, really. So, in her interview that I watched, she basically said that, you know, she, the labor process was scary. She didn't even really know about sex. She thought when she got kidnapped that sex was just... Ken and Barbie laying next to each other. She had no idea. No one had talked to her about it. So the childbirth thing was way out of what she knew what was happening. But she says that when she gave birth to her daughter, she knew she wasn't alone anymore. She had something to live for. So she bonded with that baby and she took care of it. And it was like her best friend, basically. I don't like she, the way you're describing the baby. It makes it sound like the baby didn't survive. Listening. Okay. Then let's fast forward on November 13th, 1997 now. So she was kidnapped in 1990. <clears throat> now 1997. JC gave birth to their second daughter. So now she has two daughters by this piece of shit. Um, you know, she says that now that um, she had two children... That was all she worried about. She would protect them from um, Greedo. She would, you know, put herself in harm's way all the time. She loved them and she protected them no matter what. Um, as time by, as time passed by, the Greedos um, gained more and more confidence that they would never be caught and that this was just going to be how they were going to live. So they would take the girls out to shopping trips. They would go to zoos. They would go to festivals. Philip Greta would perform music in the park. He's actually pretty good at um, guitar, and he would go play in the park while JC, the kids, and his wife were there. We can't talk about like the, <laughs> the history of the culture of this person's name, but we can say that this guy's good at guitar. <laughs> okay, he was terrible at guitar. That's it more was like it. horrible. But, you know, it's funny because, you know, after all this came out and happened and people in that area learned what was going on, they said that several um, customers um, at, like, restaurants around there remember seeing them. Uh, Greedo even started a print shop 
and hired JC to work as a graphic artist for him. And she would actually make posters. He gave her a job. So, you know, they actually had customers and people said that they remember talking to her. And she did great work. And they had no idea that she was this poor, missing, kidnapped girl. And I want to tell you something that makes me so mad. And I had kind of mentioned this yesterday. So I'm reading a book by Paul Holes. He is a awesome um, crime scene investigator. He was the person who basically led to the capture of the Golden State Killer. I'm reading his book called A Mass, and this case was actually in the first few pages where he talks about how um, disappointed he was in the Contra Costa Sheriff Department for this case. So, I don't know if you remember, at the first of this, we talked about the fact that he had a GPS anklet on. Oh, right. And he was on parole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The parole officers visited their home 60 times during her kidnapping. They have video of it. They were there where this kidnapped girl was being kept. They never went out in the backyard. They never investigated why there were huts in the backyard that were soundproof. They never investigated who Was the backyard like was. visible from the outside? Like, yes. Like you could just look at it? So it was well, also like So also, uh, what about their neighbors? So actually their neighbor um, actually called the police one time to say that she was concerned because she thought that there was a girl and two young um, children living in the backyard in huts. So you might want to keep an eye on that and follow up. You would think. One would think. Listen, I know that this is a... You've got the big VHS recorders over the shoulders. Like right. You can tape this shit yourself. Like You don't need future tech. You can so, do it. What the hell happened? How does this happen? Exactly. Who's allowed to keep huts and soundproof things in their backyard and no neighbor? Like... I don't know about y'all. If you look in our backyard, you can see like at least like six yards. Exactly. Who's there's plenty of eyes on this. Who didn't see this? So many they people. They all dropped. let it go. The cops let it go. The neighbors let it go. So many people dropped the ball on this. But I mean, to be fair, the neighbor did call the cops. How far away did they drive from the abduction? Two point? hours. Two hours. Okay, that's pretty far. Pretty so. It's terrible. And the fact that they came there 60 times. That's crazy. It's nuts. Like, come on. And I mean, I'm not sure a... what parole officers are supposed to be investigating, though. Like, just because they go to your house, that's not mean, like... They're... Well, sometimes these were sheriff's officers. And they even... There's even a video of one of them going in and actually talking to JC. Yeah. And they had no idea. But... Why would they, on the other hand? I mean... You know what I mean? <sighs> that's a good... Just just because somebody's also, on like parole or something doesn't mean you're, you're going there investigating getting them for every crime that's possible that you don't have a That's true, for. but if they would have seen what he was on parole for, aggra aggravated kidnapping and yeah. sexual assault, they, they could have maybe, maybe like investigate. And he wasn't supposed to be around children. That's the thing. He was, but they didn't know he had a child. There was a kid there. They didn't. You're right. Yeah. Because he would keep those girls hid, but JC was out because she was. At I'm just. That time. I'm not defending. I'm, I'm sure they could have definitely did a better job. Um, but, um, sorry, go ahead. Oh, because you know when they saw her at that time, JC looked older. Mm -hmm. I think they thought she was over 18, and though she, even though she was not. Mm -hmm. So, JC even recounted in one of the in the interview I was listening to that 
Phil Credo actually left for like six months in a row one time. And so she was left with Nancy. And Nancy still kept her in that building, treated her like shit. Nancy, if she didn't want to be a part of this, could have let her go. Could have turned them in because he was gone. But yeah. she didn't want to, so she was complicit in all of it. And actually, JC thinks that she's more complicit than he was. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think it sounds I think pretty they're equal. Both, I think it sounds equal, <laughs> I don't know if too, really, but... really weigh it more one versus... But, well, she started the whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. She's decided to give him JC as a present. Yeah, but I guess as soon as he, the, this per- person is cool with it, I guess it makes him equally complicit. Absolutely. Yikes. So, here we go. On August 24th, 2009. Mm-hmm. Think of how much time has passed now. We are in 2009. Yeah, that's that's crazy. We're, what, like 6, 18 years? Mm-hmm. Since, what, 91? 1990. 1990. I also, I skipped, like, I didn't, I didn't mention, JC's mom was, like, a superstar looking for her. Well, I was also wondering, like, because we didn't, we talked about the stepdad riding on the bike, but we didn't hear any other, or uh, I didn't hear anything else about the parents' follow-up. So, basically, JC's mom, the mom kept her name out there forever. Mm-hmm. Like, she never stopped. She That's put up signs I mean, everywhere. She was in the news media all the time. She she was everywhere. She never stopped looking. She was in that interview as well with JC and said that she never let up hope that they were going to find her. I, that's crazy. I'm just trying to think of like how like this goes on for so long. I mean, you, like again, wondering, looking at these tents and stuff, maybe you just think as a neighbor, they're doing gardening of some weird variety. And like I said, the neighbors did call the cops and nothing happened. So I'm sure they thought, well, we called the cops. The cops went there. Nothing so guess, happened. So it's, it's, all right. it's fine. It seems like it's fine. You know? Yeah, I guess. So. I mean, you see a kid in a tent once, you probably see it twice. I'm assuming. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, That's crazy. To it's me. hard to say what they were thinking. I have a lot of questions. I have a ton of questions. So, on August 24th, 2009, Greedo appeared on the campus of UC Berkeley to distribute religious literature he had written himself with JC and their two daughters. So, he comes there, you know, giving out this literature. Now, this is where, as True Crime Obsessed would say, let the women do the work. Two female police officers that were campus police noticed that the girls looked sick. They looked at these little girls and thought, Something just doesn't look right. We don't like how this looks. And they actually actually ran a background check on Greedo. These campus officers. Right. They didn't have any... Um, training? They Not training. I think they did have training on like looking for things that looked wrong. Mm. But they didn't have any culpability in this. Like they... This is like... like these are like... College cops? Yeah, just on a but campus. But they're not, like, are they actual real, like, do they have badges and stuff? Like, are they just, like, security guards? I think that they're actually police officers. Okay. They just worked at the UC Berkeley um, okay. campus. They actually took it upon themselves to run a background check and realize, oh, he's actually in a parole violation because he has two underage girls with him. With him. Mm. So, bam, we're getting him on that. Right. And, oh, look at this aggravated kidnapping. He got comfortable. This is nuts. He got way too comfortable. So what they did is they actually took them into the office and just said, hey, we wanted to ask you guys some questions. 
And what they did that was super smart, they put them all apart yeah, of in course. different rooms. You have to. You would have to, and you would think that. But it seems like this was the first time that ever happened in 18 years. That's nuts. So once, um, once they um, arrived at this police station, um, the Caritos referred to JC as Alyssa, and she was also referring to herself as Alyssa because at this time, that, that's what she was. I don't she think was she not had allowed, Yeah, she was not allowed to use her name, so that's who she was. They noticed that when they started talking to her, she became increasingly frantic. Like, she was very nervous. She didn't want to talk. She actually wanted to leave and didn't want to talk to them. And they finally were able to gain her um, trust a little bit. And after a lengthy interrogation, um, or not interrogation, they asked her what her name was. And she asked if she could write it down. She actually didn't want to say it out loud because she was terrified. She's also terrified because she didn't know where her kids were at that time, I think. I don't think the kids were in there with her. Mm. So she's terrified. She actually wrote down her name on a piece of paper. That's the only way she would say it. And bam, they knew who she was. It was a shock to everybody. This was the girl who'd been missing for 18 years. That's crazy that and she's gone for that long. Actually, also, Philip Greedo confessed to the kidnapping as well that day. Confessed to kidnapping her and imprisoning her and sexually assaulting her and fathering her two kids. So that day, and I remember listening to this interview, her mom talks about getting that call. Her daughter has been gone for 18 years. You know, she said she never gave up hope, but I'm sure she had to have thought she's never coming back, right? After that long, you... Yeah, I would imagine it's the, there's a shred of hope and a mountain of grief. Yeah. It's crazy. She said that when... Despair was the word, the more art word I was looking for. But whatever. Yeah. When the investigators called her, she said that... I, this is so preposterous <laughs> that, so I, that I can't even take it seriously. Anymore. I like, know. Which is probably good for my mental health. The mom said that when... They called her, the investigator called her and said that they had found her. She was just, she was in shock and she drove there that day to get her. Hmm. She drove there and they were reunited after 18 years, JC and her mom and JC's two kids. <laughs> Which is so crazy, but what a happy ending. Not happy, <laughs> okay, I'm not going to say happy because holy crap, poor JC. Right. I can't even imagine the amount of therapy that she there's no amount of therapy of. there's no amount that person just is, that poor person you know her and the kids though, of that person so what do they think oh i'm the she has Jesus. kept their identities um confidential they've That's never been interviewed very smart they've movie. never been in the limelight which she wants and she wants to keep them Good. as normal as possible this person still is brain in their head that's awesome yes she i don't know how you would survive something so traumatic and, and not be just utterly broken but to be honest that interview that she did with diane sawyer she was so put together she was so introspective she was so with it like they may have taken a lot of years from her but you can tell they did not take her spirit sure 
and who she is because right. she seems so freaking strong in that interview. <sighs> so she was That's actually incredible. awarded $20 million from the state of California. There you go. As a result of various lapses by the corrections department. Um, that's a start. Yeah, so she got some money. Like you said, half that's going to be therapy, knowing California, like therapists and stuff. Exactly. <laughs> Keep in mind, the correctional officers, um, they came to that home 60 times. <laughs> 60. 60. Think about how many times that is. 60. I mean, 60 rope. I don't know. Uh, that's crazy. Uh, that's, what is that, like once a month for five years? Yeah, I think so, right? I think so. It, this says during one of those visits, one of the pearl officers actually saw JC and her daughters playing. Greedo claimed that they were his brother's children, and the officer simply took him at face value. They're like, where's your brother? A single call to Greedo's brother would have would have revealed that he had no children, right? And that he was lying. Yeah. So they literally just did not care Good enough God. to investigate it. Then that is. But also, she, again, I get, I get that. That's, they're not doing their job with following the rules for what you're, the person was under parole for, but I can understand not making the connection to the kidnapping. Mm -mm. Although, I mean, two, only two hours away, you think maybe they'd be like, hey guys, keep a lookout, there's kidnapped kids. You would think so. It's just, just in case you see anything, you know, probably not, but keep your eye open, maybe, you know? You would think so. And just like seeing what he was on parole for, you should be on the lookout, like, hey, I'm walking into this guy's house. So he has this guy's parole, parole for, for kidnapping, right? Kidnapping and sexual assault. All right, so you should look out for kidnaps. Kidnap. kidnap probably women or females of some. Yeah. Right. So you would think, who are these young girls at his house? Right. Come on. Yeah. So, and we were talking about the neighbors who called 911. During that visit, a sheriff's deputy was sent to the house, but instead of investigating, the deputy simply had a conversation with Garrido on the porch for 30 minutes, then left. Wow. So, nuts. So, on June 2nd, 2011, Philip Greedo was sentenced to 431 years to life in prison. So, that piece of shit's going to rot in prison. It's a long time. His wife, however, was only sentenced to 36 years that to life. That is incomprehensible. Why? Is it incomprehensible or incomprehensible? Comprehensible. I think that correct. sounds yeah. That it's, sounds right. It's whatever the right one is. That is crazy. <laughs> like, uh, why? She's why? the one who did it. She, well, I guess she didn't get the sexual assault charges. Yeah, I think that's what it was. It says both were served with varying charges of kidnapping, rape, and false imprisonment. Oh, God. Um, she was originally on trial for the same charges as him, but her lawyer argued it down, saying that she was very that she very well could have been a victim of Greedo's. So she, basically, they could have story, just she that, had though. a really good lawyer. Is kind of what it came down to. Maybe. Um, he got her sentence reduced. Damn. Regardless, it says that she will likely die in prison because of how old she is. So that was, was not a court-appointed lawyer. I mean, it could have been. Some really? Of those court-appointed lawyers are really good. Are they? I've always yeah. heard that like uh, they're not so great. You know, you always hear that, but I mean, some of them are actually not too bad. That's good. So, um, I've always wondered, like, if I was in that situation, what would I would do? Like, would I have to find some expensive lawyer? Or it's unfortunately a tax on the poor. Like, you know, if you don't have money, you have to depend on a court-appointed lawyer. Not a tax because you're not paying it. Well, it's 
basically the criminal justice system serves the rich. Well, right. Yeah. So if you're a rich piece of shit, you can hire the best <laughs> lawyer ever. Right. But if you're a poor piece of shit, you have to rely on the. Or if you're just a poor person in general, you have to rely on court-appointed lawyers, and you just hope that they're good. Gotcha. And a lot of them are good. The problem is they're overrun with clients. That's exactly what I was referring to. Mostly my education from the Chappelle show is when they do the flip-flop and they show like what would happen if it was like the rich person that you're mm -hmm. describing was treated the way that like a poor person... They're both criminals. Right. But uh, they flip-flop the, their like white-collar crime with like, you know, selling like drugs or whatever. And uh, it just showed, you know, the... the it was, you know, the, the white collar guy being treated not fairly, like no one should. You know, I guess everyone deserves equal treatment under the eyes of the law or whatever. You I don't do know. that doesn't happen. But I, you know, I'm I'm a little bit rusty in my bird law, but I sh <laughs> I do believe that people should be treated equally. I wonder if anyone on, that listens to this podcast will get that. I don't. Any always sunny fans in the house? Maybe, maybe oh. not. Yeah, it's fine. No one's listening to this anyway. <laughs> maybe not. Yeah. Our dog Our is dog actually is. not even listening to this. He's no, asleep. He's, he's so. tuned, he tuned it up. But yeah, anyways, the, the, you know, just the, the lawyer with like a, a giant stack of like papers of right. like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm with a bunch of clients and they don't they don't even remember who you even are or what your case is. And it's super sad. They run into your court, you know, room like five minutes late. Yeah, and you're sitting there going. So, Watch the wire. That happens yeah, often. I don't. I don't know anything about court proceedings or lawyerings or nothing. I don't know anything about anything. So, take that. Take everything I say with a giant grain of salt. <laughs> I was raised by The Simpsons and South Park. So, I would argue that you a can little bit of Frasier. Learn a lot of stuff by all three of those shows. Yeah. I would argue that those are great shows to learn stuff from, but yeah. that's just me. Yeah. So those pieces of shit are going to rot in prison. We're never going to have to think about them again after today if you don't want to. Oh, and Star Trek, Next Gen. Also a great show. That was, show that was, that was a good one. Captain Picard <laughs> is why I'm not a criminal. <laughs> so uh, JC wrote A Stolen Life that was published on June 12, 2011, which I will be reading at some point. I read a lot of excerpts from it, but I really want to go back and read that. Um, it's her memoir. And she's also using a good part of her settlement money that she was given to run a charity that helps both victims and families of similar cases to her own. So she's doing some good, good shit. Like she's taking her, what happened to her and using it for good. That's, she's not that's sold awesome. Deep. This person should win a medal. She really should. She. Why haven't they? <sighs> like, the, like the like a presidential medal or something. Like seriously. <laughs> We need to campaign for that. Yeah. She definitely deserves it. Just write your senators or something. I don't know. Write the people that do this. Whoever Who gives the medals? At the president? I don't, I don't know. know. Joe Biden? Who are the medal people? <laughs> I don't know who the medal... If anyone knows who the medal people are, we write them. please email us. Let, yeah, let us know and we'll, we'll write them. Dear medal people, please give this person <laughs> a medal. This is why. Yes. How could they refuse? Seriously, this person is a hero. It's just survival alone. She is amazing, and the fact that she came out so strong on the other end and was able to take care of her children so well and protect them and to where they can actually live pretty normal lives is pretty amazing. And a testament to who she was before she even ever got kidnapped. So, Because, you know, some people could not have come out of that. So... That was that was our first case. That was the kidnapping of J.C. Lee Duggard. 
All right, that was terrifying. Nancy and Phillips. Awful. I hated it. It was terrible. Absolutely hated it. I will try to find some lighthearted couple crime stories. That's not what people want to hear. Nobody wants to hear about (laughs) lighthearted. Just run me through the ringer. By the end of this, I'll be a cold, crippled. Oh, you'll be me. Emotionless, non-feeling. No, you'll just have a lot of anxiety about everything. I don't need that. I don't need that in my life. Don't go look at those Idaho murders, because you'll never be the same. I literally woke up last night and was like... Is that the ones in the school, or the... the, 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 Yeah, um, the four four kids that just got killed at the sorority house. The fraternity of the sorority thing, yeah. Yeah. Um, I really woke up last night and heard a noise and thought Brian Koberger was standing at the end of my bed. But lucky for me, he is in custody. (sighs) That's crazy. Maybe one day we will tell that story. It's not a couple story. Everybody um, knows about that guy. I, if I know about that guy, that's true. Everybody does. He's all over the news and stuff. He's yeah. like, it's like big time. <laughs> yes. Sorry, I had to cough. So that's our first one. All right. First one down. I hope you guys enjoyed it. If anyone's listening, maybe not. But um, all right. Well, all right. catch you on the next one. Kevin and Ashley signing <laughs> so, out. Yeah.